Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. My friends, it is good to see you. Uh, I am so glad to be back here with you. And tonight we are kicking off, hello, tonight we are kicking off our series called Old Friends. And if we can, if it's okay with you, I just want to take just a moment to explain what Old Friends is and why we are talking about Old Friends. Is that okay? Can we do that together? Is that all right? Yes? Yes? Okay. So Old Friends Over the next several weeks, we're going to be primarily in the Old Testament, which is the first big chunk of your Bible. You may have read it before. And in the Old Testament, we read about the nation of Israel, which is God's chosen people that he has chosen to do work through uh, to show his goodness, to show his grace, his power, his majesty. Now, we get to see about their successes and their failures as a nation and It's mostly failures, but what we want to do is we want to look at some of the friend and family relationships in the Old Testament, in the nation of Israel, and we want to see how those relationships can teach us about who God is and who we are. But here's the thing. For this whole series, there's there's one kind of underlying theme that we want you to be able to walk away with, that we want ingrained in your head every week. We want you to be able to hear this and know this so that at the end of this series, you can walk away having this memorized in your head. And it's this, and it's going to be on the screen. It's that friendship is a gift from God meant to glorify God. I'm going to say that again. Friendship is a gift from God meant to glorify God. So that means that all of the friendships that you have, so you can think about the friends that you currently have, maybe you're sitting by them right now, the friendships that you have, they were and are a gift from God. And they're not a gift because you're just awesome on your own or because you were like, you had a really good 2019 and so you deserve these friends. They're simply a gift because God is good and merciful and likes to give us good things that are good for us. And it also means, the second half of that means, that our friendships have one main purpose, and that is to glorify God. That means that the things that we talk about with our friends, that means the things that we do with or for our friends, or the things that we don't talk about, or even the friends that we choose to have, all of it is meant to glorify God. And so we're talking about friendship because it's probably no secret to you that Over the course of your life, you are going to make friends, you're going to lose friends. You might have friends this year that you didn't have a few years ago, and you will have friends a few years from now that you don't have now. And all of your friends right now may not be all of your friends a few years from now. And that's okay. But what we want to talk about there is that God has given us those friends, and and he and he wants us to know that he cares about Friendship, And God knows that we need people, that we aren't meant to just go through this life all by ourselves, doing nothing and with no one. We want to talk about our friends. God desires for us to have real deep friendship with people. And I think that we want that too. So right now, in your head, I want you to think about uh, your best friend. I want you to get them in your head. Maybe it would be easier because they're in this room. But I want you to think about, in in your head right now, your best friend. And I want you to think about uh, maybe some of the fun stuff that you have done with them or the reason that you like being friends with them. Because we might not use this language, but you could say that your friendship with them 
is a gift. You like hanging out with them. They maybe are the kind of friend that you could just do nothing with for hours and it would still be fun. I have friends like that. One of my best friend's name is Ryan, and one of my favorite things to do with him is just to go and hang out and we just sit down and talk, or we'll just do nothing. And we'll just have fun doing that. Or this is the friend that you will just start to laugh at nothing. And then all of a sudden, uh, you guys like can't stop laughing. And you're like crying. And then your parents come in. And they're like, what's going on? And you're like, I don't know. But you're like crying. You're like, I'm fine. And they're like, oh, you probably shouldn't hang out with this person anymore. But it's the friend that you just like, you're laughing at nothing. And you're talking about nothing. But you love hanging out with them. And that is so awesome. But what we want to do in this series, what we want to do even tonight, is we want to appreciate how great friendship is. But we also want to look past friendship. We want to look at the good gift of friendship. And we want to look at the giver of friendship. Because if friendship is really great, then the giver of that friendship must be even greater. And so tonight, we're going to look at the friendship, the brotherhood, really, between two guys in the Bible named Moses and Aaron. You've probably heard of these guys, Moses and Aaron. There they are, with a gray beard and a microphone, or a megaphone. And so tonight, we are going to be talking about them. Now, you might have heard of Moses. Moses was a pretty, is a pretty big deal in the Bible. And Moses grew up in the land of Egypt, which is the most powerful nation in the world at the time. But here's the thing. Moses didn't get to live in Egypt for super long because he killed a man. And then he had to leave Egypt and go and run to the desert because you just can't get away with that. So lesson number one from tonight, don't kill your friends. Easy, that's a give me, you're welcome, that's free, that's free. Now, Moses went into the desert and he became a shepherd. He became a herder of sheep. So he was watching over the flocks by day and night, making friends with the sheep and having all kinds of fun. And then until one day, Moses was talked to by God. Moses is out walking around, and all of a sudden, this bush catches on fire, but it's not being consumed. The Bible says it's burning, yet it's not consumed. And out of this bush comes the voice of God. This is a pretty iconic moment. You have probably heard about it. You've probably heard of Moses and the burning bush. And God speaks to Moses, and he says, hey, Moses, it's me, God. He said that. That's in the Bible. No, it's not. No, it's not. And he says, Moses, I am going to send you back to the land of Egypt, which was a huge bummer for Moses because that was like the one place in the world that he did not want to be. He said, I'm going to send you back to Egypt, and I am going to have you free my people, the Israelites, from Pharaoh. See, the Israelites had been in slavery for 400 years, and God had had enough. But instead of responding like some Marvel action hero, which would be awesome, and, you know, he just starts going into Egypt, like, kicking the pyramids and and fighting everyone and everything and just killing the Pharaoh, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't respond like that. Instead, he gets really scared, and he gets really, really anxious. And we're going to look at that. So in Exodus chapter 4, we see what Moses says to God in this interaction as he's talking to God through this burning bush. In verse 10, it'll be on the screen, it says this. But Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him. Okay, so pause. I am slow of speech and tongue. 
So Moses says to God, hey, I hear you, I hear you, I see what you're trying to do, but you've got the wrong guy. I don't speak very well, I've kind of got like a stutter a little bit, and this job is pretty heavily relying on my ability to speak to the most powerful man in the universe, so maybe it would just be best if I don't do this, I hear you, but you got the wrong guy. And the Lord replies. The Lord said to him, Moses, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So God pulls out the creator card. He's like, actually, I know exactly what you're capable of because I made you. I know what you can do. I know what you can't do. I know how you can say it. I know what you will say. It's never been about your ability, Moses. It's always been about my strength. So trust me, you can do it. You're going. I'm God. You're Moses. So sit down. But then Moses replies. There's verse 13. It says, but Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. So Moses is just not budging. He's like, hey, I hear you, but please don't let me. Please don't make me go. Uh, this is not a good idea. I shouldn't go. This is. I'm, I'm not good at speaking. I don't speak good, and it doesn't go well for Moses because then in verse 14 we see this. It says then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, "What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you." You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. You will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. So God, even when he gets angry with Moses, he's like, come on, Moses, stop making excuses. Even when he gets angry with Moses, in his goodness and in his graciousness, decides to give Moses the gift of Aaron, his brother, to speak for him. So Aaron would go to the Israelites and he, or to the Egyptians and demand that Pharaoh let the Israelite people go. Why? Because Moses had a real good speaking voice. Like Moses would probably have made a great radio or podcast host today, or maybe like a, a YouTuber. I don't know what you listen to most often, but it'd be like, Aaron, you're on a 101.5 Israel. This is Aaron speaking. It would be like a voice. You're like, "Mm, that's good. Like Morgan Freeman is talking to Pharaoh. That's what I'm imagining Aaron sounded like. Because in an area where Moses was weak, Aaron was strong. In an area where Moses was weak, Aaron was strong. Moses had it in his mind that he was not going to be able to do what God needed him to do. Even though it was never about Moses' power, Moses couldn't get past that. And so God gives him the gift of Aaron. And the cool thing about this is that it shows that God is so in control and has so much in the palm of his hand. Because one, not only do we read that Aaron was already on his way, what a coincidence. It's as if God knew that Moses was going to say no, and so Aaron was already on his way. God, point number one. And two, more importantly, God knew that in the future, Aaron was going to need Moses just like Moses needed Aaron. Because the tasks that they had ahead of them were immense. They were big. The things that God was calling Moses and Aaron to do were a really big deal. They had, we're going to have to talk to the most powerful man in the universe. They were going to have to experience all those plagues. They were going to have to lead tens and hundreds of thousands of people out into the desert with no location to end to. They were going to have to establish a nation that God was going to have them do. And they were going to have to do these things together. Because eventually, Israel was freed from Egypt. If you've seen the Prince of Egypt uh, DreamWorks movie, then you've seen that cool scene where they walk through the Red Sea. 
And they begin their journey in the desert toward the land that God had promised them. But it doesn't take long for Israel to forget who had freed them in the first place. It doesn't take long for them to begin to not trust God anymore. So they, they begin to think, oh, what, you just bring us into the desert for us to die, God? You're just going to abandon us out here? We're hungry. And so God's like, okay, here is bread falling from the sky. And they're like, oh, nice bread. Well, guess what? We're thirsty now, God. Like, okay, God is like, well, touch that rock and water will come from it. They're like, okay, well, it's lukewarm. They just would not be satisfied. They were not going to trust God no matter what. And so one day comes when Moses is up on Mount Sinai and he's receiving the Ten Commandments from God and all these other laws and rules that God was going to give them to help them establish their nation. But down at the bottom of the mountain, stinking Aaron is down there just helping everybody not trust God. And he says, hey, guys, obviously God's going to abandon us. So give me all of your jewelry. I'm going to melt it down, and I'm going to make a golden cow for us to worship. So he does. And they worship this cow, and Aaron's like, finally, now we will be able to be delivered from the desert. Which is just dumb. Like Moses, Aaron decided to take the people of Israel to crazy town, and they start worshiping this cow, and God hears about it. Obviously, not super stoked about this idolatry. And he decides, I am going to punish, I am going to kill Aaron and the people that made this golden idol. But Moses steps in. Moses asks God to spare Aaron. And God does. God listens to Moses, which is insane. It is incredible that God does that. And we, truly, we don't have time to talk about it right now, but man, it is That's amazing that God just listens to a human like that. And so Aaron's life is spared. Aaron is not killed. There's still punishment, but he's not killed. So he owes Moses big time. Like, thank you for saving my life. Because this time where Aaron was weak, where Aaron made a big mistake, Moses was strong. Moses was faithful. faithful. Moses was able to remind Aaron of who God was. Moses was able to remind Aaron of what God has promised and already done what God was doing and what God has promised that he will do. So what does all of that mean for you and me? Because that's kind of what we need to be talking about, right? Because we live in a world where you hear a lot, and I hear a lot, that other people are out to get us. Or that, that we need to focus just on number one, focus just on me, and I need to push anyone to the side or I need to push anyone away if they're going to threaten me being the best. Me getting the most money, me getting the best position, me getting uh, into the top of my class, me getting that spot in that club or that spot in the play, whatever it may be. I, I, I need to push everyone away so I can be number one. But when we do that, we do the very same things that Moses and Aaron did here. We begin to trust and think that we know better than God. We begin to trust and think that God doesn't really know what he's doing. Because God gives us our friends as a gift. He gives us our friends so that we can help each other up when life gets difficult, which it will. Some of you, it already has. And so the nation of Israel would be established. Long after Moses and Aaron, there would be a king named Solomon. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, he says this. It's on the screen. 
He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. See, when we fall down, we make a, a big mistake that seems irreversible. We need our friends. We need our friends to, to help us up. To help us up onto our feet and to lift our eyes off of ourselves. We need our friends for us to realize that our mistake isn't life-ending and that our mistake isn't beyond God's control and that God is still good. Because the reality is, 7th and 8th graders, the reality is, is that we will fall. The reality is that we will fail, that we are weak. Because yes, Moses was strong in a moment. And Aaron was strong in a moment. And Samson was strong in a moment. And Peter was strong in moments. And these people that we read about in the Bible are strong in moments. But at the end of the day, they're weak. Moses was weak. Aaron was weak. I'm weak. You're weak. The strongest people in the world are weak. We, we can't save ourselves. And we, we can't save other people. And God knew that. God knew that we were weak and that we were broken by sin. And so he gave us a friend. God gave us a friend that was unlike any of the other friends that we had ever had. This friend was was perfect and he was loving and he was selfless. He was gracious and he was humble and he was kind. He was wise. And this friend took on our weakness so that we could be strong. This friend died and took our weakness into a grave with him. And then three days later, when a rock moved away from the tomb that he was in and he walked out, our weakness stayed in and we took on his strength because he rose from the dead. This friend's name is Jesus. And because, who Je- because of Jesus, we don't have to be weak. It doesn't have to be about us because it's never been about us. Maybe you've been experiencing this in your own life. You're trying to beat that sin. You're trying to get over that thing that you just can't let go of and you just can't get rid of it. And it's because you're trying with your own strength and that was never the plan. It was never the plan for Moses to rely on his own strength. It was never the plan for Aaron to rely on his own strength because if they did, they would fail. And when they did, they did fail. It's always and forever been about the strength and the goodness of God and his son, Jesus. And so that leads us to a question that you and I have to answer. That leads us to the question of what could God be calling you to do? Because there are some big problems in this world. You don't have to look very far to see that. There are some big problems in your house. There's some big problems at your school. There's some big problems on your team, in your club, wherever. And some of you already know what God is calling you to do about those things. But maybe you're a little scared like Moses was. Scared because you don't know if it's going to go well. Scared because he's calling you to do it alone, which he's not. He's with you. But you're scared. And so I wonder what it would look like for you and me 
to see the problems that we see at home or around the world, problems of, of poverty or hunger or depression or bullying, and to address them with the kingdom of God, not by ourselves, but with our friends. And I wonder if you and I are just settling. If we're following Jesus, we're checking our church box, and it's good, but that's about it. We're just kind of coasting by. I wonder if, like Moses, you and I are kind of just settling for herding sheep, when instead what God has for us is to go and be his mouthpiece of the most powerful man in the world and to let him know that the real king is here. We're settling, working with sheep and and doing nothing, just trying to hide from what God is truly wanting us to do, when instead God has a much bigger plan for us. So 7th and 8th graders, this week, this semester, this year, today, this evening, tonight when you go back home. What is God calling you to do? It's something. It's not nothing. It's never nothing. And whatever he is calling you to do, he is not calling you to do it alone. He is calling you to work with your friends, to do the work of his kingdom with your friends. He is with you, and he is good, and he is in charge. He knows what he's doing. You knew then, he knows now. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for 7th and 8th graders. God, thanks for moving in their hearts. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for freedom. Help us to be a friend like Jesus was a friend. Help us to work hard and not to settle for something that's easy when you are calling us to something higher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.